0: Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game by game basis. Tomorrow to let a sucker keep his money.
1: Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind like, no of business?
0: Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game.
1: This is exactly my point.
0: Take it easy, take it easy. Simple my but not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother. And I love you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. I'm here to give your show what it's missing. You guys
1: are crazy. You ready? Ready? ready?
0: Set. Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome. It's Tuesday. No, Wednesday. We're calling an audible here. Wednesday, December twentieth, two thousand seventeen. Welcome to the own sports podcast. It's your host, uh, Frank Arone here, as always. I uh, just got off week 15 of the NFL season, heading down the home stretch here uh, into week 16. I only got two weeks left. It's uh, whatever, you know, Christmas week. Got a handful of games here on Saturday and then uh, the rest of them uh, on Christmas Eve. So it should, uh, should be a pretty good weekend of football. And there's, there's still a handful of games that are pretty meaningful here in terms of seating and uh, you know, wildcard applications and whatnot, so um, let's uh, head out to Vegas and bring in Rob. I know uh, part of the reason we were a day late here is because you had a little blue screen of death going on out there in Vegas, or what was going on there, Robert?
1: Yeah, nothing like a little blue screen of death, like you said, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty pretty shitty, nothing like that when you're working and I'm getting some work done, and then all of a sudden I go to my computer screen and i just dead, not dead, but I I don't know why, I didn't even restart my computer, it didn't update it or anything, it just went back and yeah, said uh the bootloader was failed to load so something with that sector on the hard drive i don't know
0: don't want to get too you yeah, no, actually i i uh sent butter a program to put on a little thumb drive and head over there uh loaded on your computer virus it up for I, you
1: i saw somebody with the ski mask you know creeping into my room when i went down for lunch i wasn't sure what happened though but that makes sense it's all <laughs> adding up now but yeah so it was uh not the best pretty uh you know, not the best feeling there but Eventually got it back and going after about a day and a half of messing with it, but I was hoping I'd get it going yesterday, but it didn't work out. So, yeah, I'll have to take the L on this one for the late uh, late pod coming out.
0: Yeah, and that was the annoying part, too, is I had about seven plays locked and loaded lock from yesterday, but a bunch of those numbers moved, so I don't really have any opinions left anymore. <laughs> Just a change, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess the viewers are really getting the front of this one, so, you know, you're going to have the listeners, you're going to have to uh, you know apologize for that. But, no, anyway, um all righty. Well, first, we'll uh, start off the pod like we usually do and uh, do a little, uh, weekend recap. The weekend recap. So, I know for me, uh, <clears throat> even just talking about the games last week on the pod, and, you know, trying to make our picks of the week is a pretty sparse card from uh, my perspective and ended up not really, uh, not really being involved in a whole lot of games. The one I ended up, I uh, did get, did, uh, got home with pick of the week on the Giants Philly over. That was nice. Just, Basically walking to the window uh, about midway through the second quarter to catch that one. You just had to wait till the game was officially not delayed in order to collect your money there. And Another one was the uh, Monday night, uh, the over I ended up going with. Just a lot of Tampa Bay defensive injuries. I like that. A decent amount, and they're pretty much moving the ball up and down at will against each other. But uh, that being said, it still wasn't even on a huge over pace because there's a turnover or two inside the red zone. just the pace of the game was a lot slower than uh kind of anticipated, even though they were having a lot of success. They just weren't really moving the ball that quickly. Um, So even though they were effective, it just wasn't fast enough necessarily to keep a great pace. And they, all, that all being said, they did have a field goal there at the end to essentially put the game over. And Tampa Bay kicker just c- couldn't quite put her home. So that was uh, a little disappointing. So I didn't get that one home. But think figured the pick of the week through, for the most part, it was – uh a pretty uneventful weekend for me from a betting perspective how I'll, I'll go to for you there rob
1: yeah pretty similar i uh i only had one play i had houston i released that late i believe i re- released it either it was on the weekend but pretty within 24 hours of kickoff i had houston plus plus ten and a half. i figured getting over 10 it's kind of a some you know good deal there uh, against jacksonville but obviously they just uh, got blown out of the water and Pretty tough to watch, but anyway, I'd rather much rather have a game like that where you're just completely wrong side the whole time as opposed to even, like, that Tampa game like you mentioned. I, probably one of my bigger swings of the year on money-wise from them missing that field goal and trying to get it over. I uh, would have gone into overtime, so that's pretty frustrating. I know I uh, don't want to discuss dollar amounts, but definitely might have been able to buy a pretty nice laptop, let's just put it that way, <laughs> that game would have came uh, came through. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, like you said, very pretty uneventful for the most part. It just wasn't a whole lot whole lot I saw out there, not a whole lot. and. Uh, Kind of glad again I didn't have more plays than I did because as I've said before in the past a lot of underdogs mostly an underdog player with a few favorites sprinkled in but another another weekend where just the public crushed it with I don't know what I think it was like nine three nine three or something nine three and one going into the late games I don't know something like that so it's some some crazy where they another ridiculous clip that's pretty much unattainable but for the last whatever now seven seven eight weeks it's been. The favorites have been rolling, so just favorites and, and don't worry about this point spread. and That's pretty much the way to bet it uh, currently now.
0: Yeah, so since the start of week seven here, Dave, two weeks we this out a couple days ago. Favorites are seventy eight, forty three, and eight. Yeah, that's just <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's uh, you know sixty almost sixty five percent. It's like when when favorites are covering a sixty five percent clip. I'd say it's pretty good, pretty safe to say that me and you. I know that's not the whole year, but then there's still a covering at a uh, abnormally high percentage for the year. It's like when that's the case, me and you probably are gonna have a great year. That's for the, you know one thing you can count on. Well, yeah, even me. because
1: like I mentioned a few weeks back, but I didn't even I I lost most of my plays and I was down the most amount of units for the whole season once basically that run, ran st- run stopped of uh, all those underdogs winning because the underdogs started off the year really hot. And That's when I was down my most amount to so the yeah. fact that
0: I in the in weeks one through six the dogs were fifty three thirty six and one so yeah they were started off pretty hot there yeah so it's the fact that
1: I kind of climbing back uh, I know it's a little bit different scenario for you but for me personally it climbing back when all these favorites are hitting is uh, and only to be down a few units here I definitely feel even though I'm down money I still feel pretty fortunate just for this because it's favorites haven't hit like this and this long of a stretch and that big a percentage with that big of a sample size. And I think it's been like the toss 10 years is the most that they've covered. So it's just obviously an historic rate.
0: Yeah. That's, that's one thing that, uh, you know, people don't, I think kind of devalue or that don't value enough is uh, just as, um, as important as, you know, really maximizing your profit when things are going well as you know, minimizing your loss when, when things aren't going necessarily your way or, you know, whether that be in, you know, personal life or betting or poker or whatever, you. It's all about uh you know maximizing your profit when you can and minimizing your losses and they're equally as important and sometimes the minimizing the losses can be more important. So yeah, it's definitely a case where uh you know you can feel fortunate even if you are a loser that uh it's you know not worse when you know this this is the current uh, climate been in the last couple of months here. So anyway, uh, let's head into our next segment. Uh, you, know, you mentioned that there's a lot of games here that qualify this week uh, about getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. So how many games were there this week, Rob, where the number came into play? Yeah,
1: I had three between sides and totals combined. I got three on my list here, so let me just briefly run through them. Like we always do, the first one here, Arizona-Washington, just a side that Open four, four and a half, and close. There's a few fives out there, and that game landed twenty to fifteen. Uh, so it landed around right five. So you could have got a push there, depending on where you bet it, or or a win. If you bet Washington early enough uh, and didn't t- or didn't take a bad number. Um, it, it, that one too. I don't know. <laughs> we're not we're not here to just you know break down the this segments, not to break down whether whether it should have landed on. We're just talking about what it did. But that that game was pretty pretty fluky, I thought. And Arizona had quite a few chances there to. I had the over in that game, so that was pretty frustrating. So not only get the over home, but also uh, cover the point spread without any without any pain. So that's that a little frustrating for Arizona backers, I'm sure. Um, next game would be uh, Miami-Buffalo. Uh, the total came into play here. It opened 38.5 and pretty much closed 40 almost across the board. And That's what it landed on, 24-16, uh, right on 40. So that's uh, you know, a pretty good example there. You bet it early and then uh, you could have got it, or if you bet the under late. So uh, Next one was a Cincinnati-Minnesota total. Opened forty one, forty one and a half, and closed at forty three. Had some money over there, and that's no. I like the under on that one. I think I said on the podcast that I think at the time it was forty two and a half, and then that one ended thirty four to seven. Just kind of a a no show from Cincy's offense or Minnesota's defense playing really well, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, So that one landed landed right on forty one there. So Uh, the next one is New England Pittsburgh. Obviously, that's you know, the big marquee game last week and it opened. I mean, there was it was all over the place. Kind of, I mean, you got it at one. After that uh, Sunday night game with, or when, when was that? Was at the Monday night game? When New England looked, or when now Pittsburgh yeah, Monday night? Yeah. So then, uh, when New England looked bad, it kind of came down. Then it kind of got bet right back up, back up to three. But there's quite a few two and a halfs available, and then three. I don't, I didn't see any three and a halfs personally. Uh, there's some three with a little bit of juice on on New England. but I never saw an actual three and a half. So. If you bet Pittsburgh late there, you could have got a push because that landed twenty seven to f- twenty seven to twenty four landed right on three, so uh, you could have bet that and bet, bet New England early, or could have got Pittsburgh if you would have got a three there and pushed. You know that, that's pretty fairly, especially with a big game like that. It's definitely uh, could have got it if you would have got the way to bet it at the right time. And then no, two more. So then Tennessee, San Francisco is another one on the the point spread. That's kind of a similar deal. You could have got it one, one and a half, two. Uh, I saw it, it close as high as 2.5, uh, plus 2.5 for Tennessee, and that game landed 25-23. So it landed right on 2, and really could have bet either way and, and won that one. I personally was on the money line in Tennessee, so I nece- I didn't really necessarily get the worst of the number, because long-term, my my money line would have been better than taking the 2 or 2.5, but in that specific instance, obviously, that small sample size one game, it's it didn't work out. But So you kind of say I didn't get the best number, but at the same time, it, uh, long-term, it should make more sense to bet the money line in that case, but... Uh, and then finally, Dallas and Oakland, uh, opened two and a half, and that pretty much closed three across the board, uh, and that one landed 2017, landed right on three, so. I don't know, those are, other than that Arizona-Washington, that was kind of a little bit more nitpicky with the fives out there, but other than the other five games, they are pretty much all closed, almost widely available at the number, or opened widely available at the number that it landed on, so. Um, but all five of those, you know, just perfect uh, reason why we want to do this segment show how important that number is because he really could have had either those either sides of those games and either pushed or won or, or lost depending on when he did it. So really, really important just to hammer that, keep hammering that home like we do always week, every, like we do every week here.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's and with our three late games last week and then the night game, basically three of the last four games of the day, which a lot of times your average person is, you know, either doubling. Doubling down if they did good or, you know, trying to get their money back if they did bad. Um, you know, three out of four of those games, be bet the side, you should have either got a, a push or a win, regardless of which team you bet on. So, um, you know, it's just something to obviously keep in mind. I kind of said every week, but good thing to hit on those. So, alrighty. Um, let's jump into week 16 here and, uh, head over. No more Thursday games, which, you know, <laughs> thank God for that. Uh,
1: can't, can't enough. get a repeat of that Indy Denver game from last week?
0: Yeah, I mean, as uh, tantalizing as that game was, uh, I, you know, I won't be shedding too many tears going. We won't running those back uh, every Thursday. I, I just just across the board, pretty pretty horrible product, and kind of throws off fantasy you know, betting pools and everything. That that's so far away, it's not you know like the night before or whatever. The fact that it's on Thursday, it's just kind of screwy. So, yeah, it's you know, still I'm kind totally of funny no matter what. what. It's
1: fo- still kind of funny no matter who you put there on Thursday. The NFL still makes. Boatloads of money, and people still bet the game like it's a, a marquee game, so
0: pretty yeah. crazy how that works. Uh, that's why I assume it's not going to change anytime soon, unfortunately, for viewers and the quality of the game, just yeah, because of the money. But what are you going to do? Um, all right, so then the first game looks like we got uh, what, two Saturday games here, and the first one, we have Indy traveling to Baltimore. We got the uh, former Baltimore Colts now in Indianapolis. Uh, Looks like Baltimore is laying what thirteen and a half at home here. The total of forty-one.
1: Yeah, just ridiculous. It's so high here. Uh, My power rating: Baltimore minus nine and a half. Westgate open. Baltimore twelve and a half. And the Westgate look ahead was Baltimore minus ten. Briefly mentioned here, like I always do. We use the Westgate in Las Vegas, just a a sports book uh, off the strip there. We we'll use for the lines or it's more of a sharper book, but we'll just use that uh, for the look ahead line, which is with the line that was available last week, before the last week of games here. So we can kinda of judge how much the one game has impacted the, the point spread and then also the opener, which is what they first opened the line at here Sunday afternoon, uh when the, for the next week games for the next week of games. So that'll just use it be our indicator and yeah, like my power rating suggests here, it seems like an indie side, but this is I know you mentioned this a few weeks ago or maybe last week, I don't know when it was, about Basically, just judging motivation, you know, which is definitely the for sure the point. And obviously, Baltimore, you know, is going to be fully motivated. I mean, that just goes without saying. They're in a playoff race here to try to get sneak in the uh, the AFC race. Obviously, not going to win the division. Pittsburgh, already got it locked up, but they need to do everything possible to win. And I know Indy's been. I know we were on them early. We made some money on them early, but I've luckily we've stayed off them the last four or five weeks here, and it's been good because they. I, I don't know what's been going on. They kind of just seems like they're throwing in the towel type of deal. So. I don't, my power ain't suggest to go Indy's side, but it's just another deal where do you really want to take Indy, even even getting close to it, two touchdowns here, and I'm sure that's why the point spread's been jumping up so much, it's, and I won't be surprised if it goes up even, up even up to 14, but I'm sure at 14 the Sharps will kind of buy back, I would assume, just taking two touchdowns out of principle, but I might have a little bit in pocket, but just like another deal, you want to pull your teeth with Indy all, all day, so um, I don't really, I really don't have much on this game, I'm, I'm, I know for sure I'm not going to lay in doubles with uh, with Baltimore, so I know that. That's why I kind of made Powerade nine and a half, or why it kind of came there. But again, it's just Indy or pass. But I don't, I don't even really have much
0: interest in Indy here on a, even on the primetime game. Yeah, this is <clears throat> this is a game where uh, I would love to take Indy because it just seems like a lot of points. But yeah, then you just they just they've been pretty non-competitive here for a while, and I just don't really trust you're gonna get a great effort from them and then even if you do, they're just not really that good to begin with. So even though this feels like a lot of points at this point in the season, I just don't think you're really gonna get rich bet this game either way. Uh it's hard to tell. And they're just really not I don't think not much of an edge. Um, you know, that was a pretty horrible performance by Indy last week losing to the Broncos by twelve at home. And uh they just really haven't been that competitive here for a while. Uh, just kind of been some weird situations with that snow game a couple weeks ago. And then Baltimore, uh, you know, they looked, looked a little bit better against Pittsburgh, they're losing that close one there, in, um, a couple weeks ago. And then, uh, last week, you know, they took it, took it to the Browns a decent uh, amount. You know, it wasn't overly impressive, but they handled them somewhat. So I, I don't, know. I, just, I don't think they're still that good. So there's no way I'd ever lay like, this kind of price with the Ravens, but I just, I'm not really that interested in the Colts either. So. Pretty easy to stay away from me. Uh, next game is the NFC North champion Minnesota Vikings heading to Green Bay to play at the Pro Bowlless list Packers here. You don't have one player in the Pro Bowl. It's like uh the Vikings are playing I don't know, eight and a half, to nine on the road with a total of forty and a half.
1: Yeah, crazy stat there with the Pro Bowl. It's uh crazy to think about. Um my power rating, I kind of split the difference. I didn't know what the stats with with Rodgers. This is before the Atlanta game, which is basically, I think, what they were deciding. If Atlanta lost, they would have played Rodgers, I think, this week, or at least if he was healthy enough to play. But since Atlanta won, they basically got completely eliminated to the playoffs. I think they have no chance to make it. I think they're yep. mathematically eliminated. So, no reason to play your star quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Obviously, might as well rest him and save his, uh, save his health. So I just split the difference. I made my power rating. I put Minnesota 4.5, so i I give Aaron Rodgers eight points, basically, as an upgrade. So, take if, I, if he would have been in, I would have put it almost at a pick him. I would have put this game, and if he's out like he is, and then, you know, I make just my numbers make it eight and a half. So, pretty much right in line with the market. So, um, I'm obviously a Vikings fan. I'm going to be rooting for him. It'll be a good. Hopefully, they can go in and roll here, kind of like they did last week. But I think they're going to have a little bit more difficulty than it was Cincinnati. I think Green Bay's still going to be trying a little bit. I think hundley has got something to prove. He's looked a little bit better and improved the last few weeks. So, I think he's going to be. A little bit uh, more difficult to stop than that Cincy offense, but definitely not to the point where I'm going to be taking the points here. Like I said, the power rating kind of sits right where it it is, and I can't really make anything of this game either, kind of like the game we just talked about. So I'll just be uh, passing this game and enjoying the Saturday night.
0: Yeah. I um, I think it's it's fairly similar. I I could see Green Bay being pretty motivated because his division rival said Humley's got something to prove. Uh, I know a lot of Packers, including Rodgers, were upset at Barr and the Vikings in general that they hurt Rodgers earlier in the season, and they might want some revenge there. And the fact that they lost to Minnesota, you know, still a pretty big rivalry. So I can see where you get a pretty good effort from the Packers, but I think you could also make the case, you know, I kind of had a dream crusher last week where Rodgers comes back, they're rallying the troops, like, all right, we're making one final push for the playoffs here, and we got our guy back, and, you know, we're all we got to do is make the dance, and we have a chair. and you know, we're going to make a run at the Super Bowl and it just didn't really work out that way. And Rogers, you know, had some moments, but you could tell he was a little rusty and threw a, what a three picks or so, I think it was. And, and uh, then they're officially eliminated from the playoffs with that Atlanta loss on Monday. So I can see where they're, they have some of the veterans on that team that have been in the playoffs every year. Basically, they've been playing in, um, in Green Bay. And I forgot exactly what year it's been, but the Packers have been in the playoffs for how many years in a row now? Um, so I could see we're in a little bit of a pressure for them saying, all right, we're officially eliminated. Let's kind of pack it in here. And even though it is a division rivals, we don't got Rodgers anyway. So, you know, even if we lose, we have an excuse. And, um, there's kind of we have really no hope for this season. So, wouldn't be surprised at all if, uh, you know, then the Vikings you know, coming off a blowout win in Cincinnati or against Cincinnati. Um, you know, they're, they're capable of putting up points, even though their offense at one point, you'd say, okay, this is the team, even like the beginning of the year, so this is a team you don't want to lay points with at all. And uh, I still, I think that's true a little bit, but I you know the Vikings offense is showing it's capable of putting some points up. And, you know, last week, Kendrick's in that uh, pick six. I mean, the defense is capable of putting some points up if uh, the Packers aren't careful with it. So I don't know. I, uh, you know, I, I just don't really like this game uh, either way. Um, and, and even the total wise, I heard it's supposed to be about zero or somewhere in that ballpark. So when it's really cold like that, the Packers don't have a ton to play for, and the Vikings are basically just trying to get a win. I don't think they're necessarily going to try to win by a margin or put up a ton of points. They might just try to, you know, control the clock and and get out of there with a, with a victory. It's kind of hard to lay points with a team like that, and also it's kind of hard to judge on the total. Forty, forty and a half is fairly low total. Um, but I also don't know if I have a whole lot of faith in getting over. So, I uh, like you, I'll probably just be watching this one as a fan. And, um, in terms of the playoffs, basically the Vikings are a game up on Carolina, who they would lose the tiebreaker to for the, the first round by. Um, but then Carolina is also tied with New Orleans for a uh, first in the NFC South. So if there's a three way tie there or if, uh, Carolina overtakes New Orleans. The Vikings still would win the tiebreaker over the Saints. So in terms of playoff seeding, it's it's an important game for the Vikings. So they'll they'll want to win the game. It's just a matter of, um, you know, they don't necessarily need to win by double digits like the spread needs you to recover. So anyway, uh, on to the Sunday games. We got Christmas Eve games. Uh, first one, not super attractive. We got Detroit hitting a Cincinnati Looks like Detroit's about four and a half point favorite with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power
1: rating here, Detroit minus three. The Westgate opened Detroit minus three, minus minus one twenty, And the look headline was Detroit minus one. Um, but I know just the look headline, I know that's one of a, a pretty big indicator for me of kind of where to start the handicap to where to look, how much it's changed. But, you know, I, at this point in the season, it's a lot, so much different because there's so many different things involved more than just the one game obviously have motivation like we've already discussed and where, the, where they're at for playoff seating, or not making the playoffs or getting eliminated and so many different variables that it's just not that simple as it is early in the season so it's kind of
0: yeah coaching issues or
1: right so this game here I don't know, I would definitely look to the Cincy side but it's just a matter of do you think they're going to go and try it's been two two weeks in a row they've kind of been embarrassed and just gotten blown out and I usually kind of think in my head when there's like a big dream crusher type of thing or game, I guess I should say, with like against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati's case, where they're in the game and they kind of lost at the end. There, the dream crusher. It's been two weeks now, so you think at the third week it's kind of out of their system. They kind of already got it in their head. Okay, we're out of the playoffs, and now they're going to go back and try like their professionals. But do you want to bet on that? I don't, I don't know. Man, I might. I already got a little bit of money on Cincinnati uh, currently, but I don't at five at plus five. But I don't, I don't know. It seems uh. Definitely not uh, a sure bad by any means. Not that there are any of those, but I look at the Cincy side, but definitely pretty pretty weak lean. But uh, and then total wise, I don't don't have a whole lot either. It's 43, 43 half, So yeah, another game, just not too exciting. It's just
0: been a lot of that last few weeks here in the NFL. Yeah, I think the Lions are still you know alive, and I don't know if I want to say well for the playoffs, but they're kind of alive, and uh, you know they got a chance. If they can win out, so they're gonna be ultra motivated for this game. And uh, Cincinnati have yeah, been blown out twice now in back-to-back weeks, and the new servicing that Barbara Lewis is likely out at the end of the year. Uh, their coach, you know, who, who's to say exactly where their heads are at? Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of a guessing game um, whether you think they're going to continue to get blown out. So, I mean, this is a game where uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they lost by seventeen. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won the game outright. Because uh, they they are capable. Of, they're not an average team. And I don't think the Lions are much better than an average team. So if you get the home field, you know I they, they think they're very capable of winning the game if, if the effort's there. Uh, but I just who who knows if the effort could be there or not. So just the uh sheer numbers play. I think I'd take the Bengals. Take get the five. Just kind of hope that they have a decent effort. And now that, that maybe the coaching rumors have settled down because I know the, the rumors broke like an hour before the game last week against the Vikings. So maybe you know have said a week to kind of clarify those a little bit, and you know maybe pride will set in for some point for the Bengals, and and if they do get a have a good effort, uh, getting five points against a pretty mediocre Lions squad that's just not not that great, not able to pull away from people necessarily, uh, even bad teams, let alone a, an average team. If five feels like a lot of points here to play on the road, uh, but it, like I said, that just reflects the. Potential motivation mismatch here. So, although I don't feel comfortable with it at all, I definitely put a little double on the bangles basically like you did. Next game, we have the Chargers heading to the Jets. uh looks like the Chargers are laying six and a half with a total of 42. Yeah, my power rating here the Chargers minus four. The
1: look headline, or sorry, the Westgate opener was the Chargers minus seven and a half. The look headline was the Chargers minus ten and a half. So, pretty big adjustment there. I think that just has to basically do with Petty looked a little bit more feisty than I think people were giving credit for, so who knows if he can have another performance like that. That that final score there against the Saints was a little misleading, I think. I think it was a little bit closer of a game than that would suggest, and obviously that Ingram run there at the end that had a huge, whatever, 50, 60-yard run, meaningless run at the end when they were going to basically run the clock out, which was good for my fancy team, but not so good for my under that I had, so that blew that right out of the water, so that's always fun. But... uh, so, with this game, it I don't know the chargers are they kinda got not embarrassed, but it kind of got blown out of uh Arrowhead there at Kansas City last week in that divisional game. It was a huge game for me I know for Division Future Actually, I think you tweeted at me, I forgot to respond to that, but I have to do that after the podcast oh, here, know, but,
0: no problem, yeah,
1: well, uh, that just uh, jogged that memory or jogged that thought in my in my head, so um. With this game, it seems to me like you, you have to look at the Jets getting seven or pass. I don't, I don't know. To me, and I know the Chargers are a good team, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, like once it comes to the weekend here, if this this game moves a whole lot, if the public's going to be behind the Chargers again after that big loss that they had, that they suffered or not, I'm kind of going to be curious to see where this line goes. I really don't know. If, it seems to me like it's kind of just going to sit in this six and a half seven range. But you know, I won't be shocked really at all where if it went either way. So. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think for me, if Jets plus and be a, a small a small lean, but I definitely don't like it a whole lot. Just like I said, after how the Jets looked last week, it seems like they played pretty good. I don't know if I can get another performance like that out of them, so we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Jets are
0: pass for me. Hey, I wonder if, uh, since Petty looked confident last week, for, you know, the quarterback for the Jets there, Petty, you wonder if this line will keep free-falling, or, <laughs> or if uh, there'll be some Chargers record here by the end of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, like the you know, last time I I got in bed with the Jets a couple weeks ago against Denver, uh, it totally don't showed for me and it, it absolutely burned me. So it, yeah, maybe I'll just, just ask little... you what
1: your feeling is, and I'll just do the opposite. It might not be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I, I'm a little hesitant to jump back on that, uh, you know, the Jets bandwagon. But at the same time, it, I just I don't know. I think it's a lot of points, and and the uh, Chargers on the road, they're just team like we said over and over again, they're a team that I don't really feel comfortable laying a big number with. And I also if they're a dog, I think they're a pretty pesky underdog, so it's just to take the point situation. And there's a, a here again a motivation mismatch where you have the Chargers uh, even though that loss hurt their their chances of making the playoffs a decent amount last week at least win the division for sure. Um they're you know they're still alive here in the AFC. they they went out, so they're they're still gonna be highly motivated. A couple extra days to prepare I mean, uh, I guess well, one day extra to prepare, um, and an often embarrassing loss like that, it was on national TV. You think you get a pretty good effort here for the Chargers, and then the Jets—they—they they, they came right down the wire there last week with the uh, with the Saints and looked pretty confident. So I, I don't know exactly what you're going to get from Petty, but uh, at least he showed some signs of being a NFL level quarterback on some level because against Denver when he came in it's kind of a tough situation and who knows how much you can take out of it because he just kind of got thrown in there uh, after an injury to count. But uh, he looked just unbearably bad to the point where there's no way you could back him. But last week he, he maybe looked a fair amount better. So you're not asking him to win the game. I think the Chargers are probably going to win the game or, you know, if the Jets win, maybe they'll win the last second here. But I think it's going to be, a fairly close game, so um, I definitely lean Jets here. I don't know if I'll quite get through the window with them or not, but that's definitely the way it looks this one. Uh, next game, we got the Rams heading to Tennessee. Uh, looks like the Rams are laying 6.5. Uh, I see a couple of 7s produced towards Tennessee, and a total of 47.5, 48.
1: Yeah, this uh, number kind of shocked me, I'm not going to lie. My power rating, the Rams minus 3. The Westgate open, Rams minus 6.5 in the look line. Rams minus 3. So. Um, just that's a huge adjustment in both these teams. That's where it, this one is a little bit more um, true to the earlier in the season with the look at line, I think, because you already know where this, these teams are. You know, the coaches are going to be safe, or at least I would think Tennessee, you're not really sure, I guess, but you'd assume everybody's safe and they're both fighting for playoffs, or Rams are already in the playoffs, they're fighting for seeding, fighting for the division, and then Tennessee's obviously fighting for kind of the division, but mostly just to get in the playoffs. So, the fact that this number moved four points essentially through three to seven, which is about the biggest, you know, going through really two key numbers. It's not through it, but going from point A to point B and three to seven. That's that's just a big move, uh, adjustment, and Tennessee. Just, I don't I don't really downgrade Tennessee at all from last week. I don't. They kind of just thought they're kind of what I thought they were. And keep in mind they're underdogs. With running, going is it. that running green over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> they were. Who, uh, yeah, exactly. I wish I had that little soundbite, but the funny part is Tennessee almost won the game. They just gave up a, a field goal at the end, which okay, it's against a San Francisco team that's what three and whatever they are, three and ten or whatever they are or were. Yeah. But the fact is they were two and a half, two two and a half point underdogs going into that game, so they're really they're expected that's exactly what they're expected to do. So how can you you can't downgrade Tennessee. Now on the other t- token of the coin, okay, now you upgrade the Rams that much off of one performance. It's like yeah, you can maybe make that argument, and but. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make that big of an adjustment. I can maybe see a point or two points max, but I think this is just way too, way too over, way too big of an over adjustment. So I mean, Tennessee seven is going to be an automatic play for me, and even six and a going to be on Tennessee. I I don't like Tennessee. I've said it pretty much all year how low I am on Tennessee and trying to bet against them. But now that they get to the point where they're this devalued, I mean, they they're really going to be a uh, double digit underdogs, if almost two touchdown underdog. If you get to the Ram, if they you know, flip flop home field advantages here, I mean that's just that's just too much. I don't know. I, I I think I'm pretty high in the Rams as well, but uh, it's just I think it's just too big of an adjustment here. So you just got to take the points. I think or pass.
0: Yeah, I basically could have just recorded that and hit play and, <laughs> <laughs> and played my thoughts back because it's pretty much echo the same thing. I'll get into as... my music my music recording software.
1: I'll just do that here quick and just do a little control C, control V right next to it.
0: Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. And then just you got to invert the voice to make it a little bit sexier. Can you do that with that audio software? I don't know; It'll be pretty tough, but uh, I could try. <laughs> um, no, I mean it was—it's absurd. Like coming out of that game, I know the Rams look phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I, I as someone who had Doug Baldwin in fantasy and needed like five points out of him, and got completely shut down. I, I understand how uh, handle you know how how badly uh, Seattle got beat. It was just across the board, all three phases, uh, just just pretty terrible. But coming out of that game. Yeah, podcast, um, across the national podcasts and you know, TV shows. And everybody's saying, okay, you know, uh, what's his name? McVay's locked up coach of the year now. You know Gurley should, sh- serious MVP consideration. The Rams are the most dangerous team. People got them two or three in their power rankings. It's like, you know, it's an impressive performance, but calm down a little bit. It, it, people are saying like, you know, they're, they're more dangerous on the road than they are at home. And it's like, you know, a couple weeks ago, they went and got spanked in Minnesota. So let's, you know, let's, let's take a little bit of a chill pill here with the brand. You know, they're, they're a good outfit. Uh, they got a lot of lot of talent. And, uh, you know, they, I like their coach quite a bit. But, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all to uh, have them fall flat on their face after, you know, kind of what, uh, you know, what they might see as kind of passing of the torch there in the NFC West. That's Did, kind I, of been...
1: I thought you tweeted deal. out. Didn't you tweet out that, that was, do you think that's the best team ever in the history of NFL? <laughs>
0: yeah yeah After that one week performance the whatever almost undefeated pass and now this ram this year's ram squad that's what are they 10 and 10 and 4 yeah 10 and (laughs) 4 i mean it's right honestly it's just unbelievable buzz um and and then after you you know know, the police they they lost to philadelphia and you know they, they beat the saints in a pretty competitive game at home the weeks before that so Uh, you know, it's a good win. Don't get me wrong, but the Redskins win in Seattle a few weeks ago and won. We talked about it on the pod last week. Seattle, they got a great home field still, but they just really haven't been that spectacular home. So, um, you know, it's impressive, but it's not like it's, you know, it's not a miracle by any means. And, uh, I don't know with this, with this Ram squad, uh, they're, like I said, they're going up against what's basically been their biggest rival in the NFC West, kind of like the bigger brother (coughs) that they've been. You know, trying to topple here for the last few years, and they finally did it, and emphatically. Now they head back, uh, head back home, and then you know celebrate. I'm sure, and then they head to Tennessee. So it it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's a huge letdown spot for them. And then and that and I've been as anti-Tennessee basically as you could be, even before uh, that bandwagon really got going, where people were talking about, oh Tennessee, you know, they're a quality team and you know a good playoff team and you know, probably going to win the South and Mariota's going to take a late step forward. I have an anti Tennessee since day one here, basically, and saying they're just not that good a team. Anybody who's watched them, you know, it's not that difficult to see. They're just not that not that impressed with the squad, regardless of what their record says. So uh, it kind of pains me to have to be back in Tennessee uh, as unimpressed as I am with them. But at this price range, it's just, just absurd. I just I don't think it's warranted. And, uh, you know, that's I think he would be getting the value on Tennessee, even if the Rams were in a great spot, fully motivated. But, uh, you know, spot wise, it's just not a great spot for the Rams. So, for this price range, uh, give, give me the Titans. Let's roll. Also,
1: to add in, I don't think either of us side of the West Coast team traveling east here in early early slot time in the time zone. So, that's
0: another huge factor that's been
1: profitable over the years as well.
0: Yeah. So, all right, the well, next game. A pretty sexy one here. Got uh, Cleveland head of Chicago. Chicago laying six and a half
1: total of 38. Yeah i am keep this one short I know that much my power in here Chicago four and a half Westgate open Chicago seven look at line Chicago six and a half and yeah, like you said it's six and a half pretty much across the board here a little bit of juice each way but yeah, lean Cleveland I guess but it's pretty much the same thing it's just a repeat of every time I'm going lean Cleveland but I've been doing a good job of uh done a good job so far this season the last part of the season to stay off of Cleveland and not going to change that trend now. I think if this were any spot in the last six, seven, eight weeks here, I think this would probably be the best spot for Cleveland. Uh, I just don't think Chicago should be laying this many points. Obviously, my power rating, that's what suggests as well, but I'm just not going to jump on the Cleveland uh, train right now and, and sit there and knock my head against the wall. So, uh, small lane to Cleveland, I'm probably not going to get there.
0: Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I've been banging my head against the wall enough times, I think, with Cleveland this year. I just don't at this point of the year, you know who knows if they're going to be frisky at all or not. But I just don't have any interest. And we we've, we've seen Trubisky land points before. That doesn't seem to end well either. You know, against the Packers a few weeks back. Chicago is what like four and a half, five, somewhere in that range. You know, obviously Green Bay is a little bit better than, than Cleveland, but uh, I don't know. I have no interest in land. This kind of this kind of points to Chicago, but also. Uh, I just don't really feel like uh, I want to back to Cleveland again, so stay away from me. Uh, next game, we got Tampa heading to Carolina. Looks like uh, Carolina's about a 10-point favorite here at home with a total of 46.5. Yeah,
1: my uh, my power in here, Carolina minus 10. The Westgate open, Carolina minus 9.5. And, and look at line, Carolina minus 9. And got bet up here a little bit, pretty much the 10 across the board. And I don't really disagree with it. I think i would lean Carolina here. I know that you're kind of buying high on them, but. I think Tampa kind of talk about dream crushers. It's still a division game, I get that, but you could tell Tampa just playing their hearts out there against Atlanta on Monday night, and they couldn't quite get it done. They had a chance to tie the game there at the end, like we already mentioned, and got the both, best of both of us there with a total on the over, but um, they, they played a pretty solid game. Winston looked pretty phenomenal. I think that's the best I've seen him look almost ever. He played pretty good there under the spotlight, but I just it's hard, hard for me to imagine they're going to be able to put up another performance like that. And even last week, yeah, Carolina won a big game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but it really didn't seem like they were... Like a Rams, you could tell they put everything they had into that game type of deal. But with this Carolina team, I'm not super high on them, but it kind of seems like they just kind of got the job done. It didn't even seem like they were putting a whole lot of effort in there. I mean, I mean, they were, but I don't really know how to explain it more about the fact that they just kind of did what they needed to do and got the win and kind of... So I don't think though this is a really terrible spot necessarily for Carolina. I think the spot's worse for Tampa Bay, but obviously you're, you're paying for it for the price. But I don't like you laying doubles here in the NFL. But I, if anywhere, I'm going to lean Carolina laying the ten here.
0: Yeah, this is just kind of a kind of a hard game. I I, I don't know. I think both these teams are just kind of hard to gauge. I don't, I don't know. I just I, I've been anti-Tampa for most of the year, and for the most part, that's paid off. Um. But with this kind of price, right? Like they haven't been like uncompetitive by any means. You know, it doesn't seem like they get blown out super often. So to to those play doubles against them, it's not. It's I don't know. It just doesn't feel super easy to me either. But at the same time, I also don't trust them at all. So I guess it's just kind of a roundabout way of saying I, I'm staying away from this game. Uh, just kind of looking back here. So they've lost the last. They lost by three. Lost by three. Lost by six. They lost by 14 to Atlanta, which was a fraudulent, I, I had a, that game, for, uh, per, personally, and they should have covered. Falcons scored a cheap touchdown late, about 14. And then they won two before that. And the last legitimate loss they've had by a lot was the Saints, where they lost by 20. So, I mean, they, they played pretty competitive games for the most part. They just make a lot of stupid mistakes. And, uh, you get know, you here, you're going to have a pretty motivated Carolina, of course, for, with their playoff seating. So, um, and then Carolina's a team that's kind of, whack a whack-a-mole too. They've looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, and one surprise, me at all of them to have a letdown spot, you know, good cam, bad cam. I see bad cam here. It's, he hasn't made an appearance for a few weeks now, so. Ah, uh, yeah. I guess, you know, like I said, it's just a roundabout way of saying I most likely won't be involved in this one, but this is a game that I wouldn't, I wouldn't tease Carolina or, you know, personally, or even throw them in a money line parlay to add a little bit of big. I mean, a little bit of uh, a potential payout to me. It just this kind of seems like a game where no matter what happens, this game really wouldn't surprise me personally. Uh, next game, Atlanta at New Orleans. One of the better games here of the week. It's actually you know meaningful for both sides and pretty important. Uh, NFC South battle. Got Atlanta, or uh, I mean, New Orleans here favored by five and a half. A uh, couple sixes at home. With a total of 52 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, New Orleans minus three and a half, the Westgate open, New Orleans minus
1: five, and the look headline, New Orleans minus four and a half, and I I like Atlanta here quite a bit, I know that, I I got a few sixes at a few of my books that I have, I'm kind of waiting to, to buy on it, see if it gets bet up anymore, but I think it's just a little too high, I mean, division game like this, they both need the game, pretty much like blood Atlanta needs, they, they went out here the last two games, and they'll win the division, and New Orleans, obviously, so just a big game, that It's pretty much the crazy how the scheduling I don't know how poor of a scheduling that is but the fact that all the NFC South teams played to their last three weeks of the season is pretty seems pretty ridiculous but um so yeah I don't obviously know where the motivation is for both these teams Atlanta's coming off a short week I get that but again there's a little bit of an adjustment with the look headline there and I don't think I don't think New Orleans and Atlanta's performance maybe Atlanta's a little bit worse against Tampa Bay but I don't think New Orleans performance was dominated by any means like it should have been against the Jets so I don't really change a whole lot from my perspective after watching the whole game, both of those games last week. So, I think uh, you know, just getting points here is the way to look. I don't know how. I don't know. I'm not going to lay it with New Orleans, obviously. So, it's Atlanta plus six. I think is not a buy for me, and I don't know. We'll see if it gets any higher or not. But I'm definitely going to have a six in my pocket before kickoff.
0: Yeah, I like Atlanta here too. Um, I think New Orleans. They, you know, they were kind of they, they were the, the you know, super sexy team whatever, a handful of weeks back when they had to come back against the Redskins and they won whatever it was, like eight in a row, nine in a row, something like that. And everyone was like, oh, my God, you know, after they started all in two, this New Orleans team is the most dangerous team in the league and all this stuff. And a bunch of people were penciling them in to win the NFC. And now the last couple of weeks, they, uh, you know, they go out and they lose to the Rams. And then they, they looked pretty unimpressive last week against the Jets and their win. And uh, people have kind of started to, to back off a little bit on them. Which is kind of interesting, and uh, it's also this Falcons team is just kind of interesting. Um, They've they've been a kind of a darling of the sharps here with a a pretty gaudy uh, yards per play differential, and uh, they've kind of haven't really lived up to that totally this year. You know, even though they got the win last week, only won by three, and didn't look unimpressive, but they didn't look particularly impressive either. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I think Falcons, if if they did. Uh, again, the playoffs here, they're, they could potentially maybe turn it up a notch and, and be better. But I think right now they're just kind of a solidly above-average team, and I think the Saints are maybe a tick better than them, but I don't think they're much better. and uh, I think this price is just a little bit too high. Um, I, so I'll I lead to Atlanta here, too, and I'll probably end up having to bet on them. Next game is Denver at Washington like washington's laying uh three with extra juice or three and a half at home the total of 40 and a half.
1: yeah my power in here washington minus two and a half westgate open washington minus four and a half and the look at line washington four so i don't know this seems like it was a little little high to me but i don't Do i really want to be back in osweiler in denver i don't i don't know it's just kind of a, a crapshoot type of deal you have another team with another two teams you don't know where the motivation is really and who knows, and especially after Osweiler coming off a pretty big game last week. And he looked pretty solid, which that's always scary. So, yeah, lean Denver plus three and a half, just taking the points here. But I think this game should be closer to three. I think it should really be right on three, or even a little bit lower than that even. But um, I obviously, you can tell that just for my power ratings, but yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know if I want to get in bed here with Denver and Osweiler. So, uh lean Denver, but well, as of
0: right now, I'm just going to be uh, staying away. Yeah, this is, yeah, kind of, I don't know, kind of a tricky one because you got, if Denver's defense in particular shows the effort they've shown in the last couple of weeks, I think three and a half is a pretty good price and, you know, a pretty good bargain against a still a banged up Washington team that even though they got the win last week, like you mentioned in one of the, the numbers segment, kind of a fraudulent win. I know Arizona got in the red zone four, four times or something like that, or five times to kick field goals every time. So, uh, it definitely, uh, wasn't it? was a little bit of a you know, misleading final there, and I think Washington's really not uh, going to be playing too great of football here down the stretch. So, you kind of want to take Denver, like you said, after a couple pretty impressive performances in a row. Uh, I don't know if I totally trust this Denver team to keep going, but that's definitely the way it looked because if you get anything. If you get even close to as good an effort as their defense show in the last couple of weeks, I think they could really uh, cause some problems here for this banked up Washington offense. And, uh, I just think three and a half or even at three, uh, it's, yeah, it would be a really good bargain. So I think, uh, basically I, I think it should be, um, you know, basically I think worst cases should be Washington by three if you knew you're getting a good effort out of Denver. So I think they're kind of giving you the half point, uh, cause there is still a little bit of uncertainty there for, for Denver. Uh, But I think I'd be willing to to take the chance that they are going to come out and play a third good game in a row here, and or that Washington is going to kind of catch up to them, that they've been a little bit overperforming, at least last week, uh, kind of what they've actually been putting out there. Uh, Next game, we have Miami and Kansas City. Kansas City laying 10, 10 10.5 with a total of 43.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City minus 9.5.
1: Look at uh, Westgate Open, Kansas City minus 10. Look Headline, Kansas City minus 8. and I don't know. This one, I don't have much at all. I think it's total sitting right where it should be at 44, 43.5, and, a half and uh, the, the spread I think is about right. So I don't have much to say on this one. I think uh, I, I don't really trust Kansas City laying this many points, I think they're kind of figured out a little bit after the Andy Reid's not calling the plays anymore. Their offense, and that's been for the last three weeks, and the last three weeks their offense has looked pretty solid again, like they used to look at the start of the year and it's just that defense i think it's a big question mark and they kind of showed up last week and shut down the chargers pretty well and i would kind of assume, assume something similar here this week but um i, I don't really want to i'm like i said i'm not going to lay doubles here with Kansas City so i'm just going to be staying away in this game
0: yeah if you get the miami from the Patriots game a couple weeks ago you max bet it you get the miami you max bet miami you get the miami team from the buffalo game last week then you you max bet kansas city basically <laughs> I just yeah, don't know. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you can tell me which one's going to show up, I'd, I'd like to know because I'll be uh, putting a lot of money down. I, I, I don't know. Miami's kind of, they almost like taking the personality of color. When <laughs> <laughs> we come out and it looks like they're super interested and great. And like, wow, they got a lot of talent. They could make some noise if they happen to sneak into a wild card the next week. It's like, oh, they, they can look more, they're you know, less interested in playing here today. Uh, so I. Yeah, I, think, I mean, you could basically put this number for me anywhere from whatever, seven and a half to 13. I, I wouldn't really, you know, find much of an issue with it. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I can see Kansas City covering that or Miami plays, but I can see them, you know, winning outright or, <laughs> or losing a real close game. I, I don't know. It's just a pretty difficult one for me. And these are the games that towards the end of the year that I just don't have a whole lot of interest in playing. Uh, next game we got Buffalo at New England. New England laying eleven, eleven and a half total of forty six and a half. Yeah, my power rating New England minus ten and a half. The Westgate open. New England minus ten and a
1: half in the lookhead line. There was no line. I think probably because of Tyrod Taylor. Uh, question question mark there on next to his name. So yeah, I, pretty similar to last game. I just don't want to. Not going to try to make something that there's nothing there. Something I don't want to make uh, out of. But the thing is with this, obviously Buffalo's still in the playoff hunt, so this going you're going to get some motivation. And then New England's playing for a number 1 seed and the the first round bye there, so I would assume you get full motivation on both these teams. So I, I I'm small lean, I guess to Buffalo, but I just don't you don't make money betting against New England and I know I know it is out of any bet against New England. I know you make it's it's the best proposition to bet against them when they're laying. I think it's more than like a touchdown or something like that or maybe more than 10. But so that's kind of fitting this criteria, but the same time, it's just uh, you know tough to bet against them, and but yeah, I'd I'd have to lean lean Buffalo, I think, getting the points, but I definitely don't love it by any means.
0: Yeah, pretty much think the same thing. I don't really want to bet uh, fade New England. I uh, just and Buffalo is yeah, I'd take it because you're getting uh, you know double digits here, and they're kind of a team that for the most part tries to keep it close, but they're also a team where New England jumps out early on them, uh, as opposed to some teams where you have a little bit of faith they're going to be able to at least match some points them and sneak in the back door. I don't have a whole lot of faith that Buffalo's going to be able to come back. back Yeah, I don't know who's singing that, but it doesn't sound like Tyrod Taylor's voice to me, so...
1: Oh, shoot, (laughs) I put put the wrong version on I forgot to get the remix, the Tyrod
0: remix. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I, I, I don't know. They're just not a team that just moves the ball all that. It's not that aesthetically pleasing to me and, uh, somewhat successful. And especially if they can play good defense and kind of grind out games. But, uh, obviously New England's a team with, the uh, if they get up, I just don't necessarily know if I trust them to come back. So I lean Buffalo, but nothing, no, definitely not, not going to be too involved with that game. Uh, it looks like what we got. Four afternoon games here. So not, not a terrible, uh, split. First one. It's actually a kind of intriguing one here we got Jacksonville had the Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers uh it looks like Jacksonville's laying four I put four and a half's on the road with a total of 41 and a half 42.
1: yeah my power in here Jacksonville minus three Westgate open Jacksonville five and a half in the lookhead line Jacksonville five and a half and how about uh, Garoppolo and the, those 49ers it's a uh, wow I don't know uh, we've been on them I think we made some money on them and look like a pretty solid team you know what the I heard someone. I don't know if you were listening to the same thing, but someone said they're gonna ho- probably open San Francisco to win the Super Bowl like two to one or something for the 2018 season. It's like, it's like Jesus. Is that everything? I think it was two to one. Yeah, two to one. It's I, like, think was, I think it was.
0: think it tongue in cheek,
1: obviously. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm saying I'm not saying that they're actually gonna open that, it, but it's like the fact that it's like even even just a joke about that just shows you how <laughs> shows you how ridiculous it is. But uh, it,
0: oh yeah, uh, I bet you they're gonna be one of the highest, if not the highest, handles on team total is over, that's for sure. Yeah. So it's just Oh I'm the
1: point I'm trying to make is just how, how yeah, how much hype there is and then you have obviously Vegas close by specifically up north or whatever, just close by San Francisco, so you get a lot of people come over the border and bet in the northern northern places here in Nevada to, to bet on San Francisco. So if you have a hot team, that's what they're gonna be betting and they're you know, the Darling now, kinda like the, the Vegas Knights are to Las Vegas right now in in the NHL. So It'll be interesting to see if they can, especially if they can keep rolling down the stretch here. Sam, like, this is a big game for them, too. If, I mean, they can somehow win this game, yeah, the the publicity on San Francisco is going to be ridiculous all off season. So, I mean, I've been on them, riding them high, but eventually they're going to be to the point where they're going to be overvalued, and then you're going to start betting the other side, and you might be able to get some pretty good value betting against them. So, uh, even right now, I think uh, you know, both teams are still pretty highly valued here, so I think you're not really getting much of a discount or an overpricing situation, really. So I, I, at this point range, I think I'd probably lean San Francisco. But if it does come down at all, uh, if if I can get to, to a three, flat three, I think I'd probably bet Jacksonville or at least lean Jacksonville laying three here. I think they just got to at some point here San Francisco. They've been winning some close games and staying in it, but I think it'll be interesting to see how Jimmy G has against a good defense. And we know Jacksonville's probably one of the best defenses in the in the league right now. So it'd be interesting to see what he does when he can move the ball. And I have a feeling he might get, be able to get shut down a little bit and have a little bit of a rude awakening. So. I'd want to take Jacksonville here, but at this point, at this point spread more than a field goal, I just can't do it on the road.
0: Yeah, my initial thoughts, big picture with San Francisco, are kind of the same. Where you know, last week even we um, said you know the, the bandwagon might be getting a little too out of control here. So we both kind of like San Francisco, uh, but at the same time, when they're laying points uh, against a, a team like Tennessee, that's not great shakes by any means, but you know, playoff team. Um, we were saying that, you it know, might be catching up the number there. And the way the game played out, I think it pretty much backed that up where, uh, you know, Tennessee was up a couple points there late, and then, or up a point, and then San Francisco kicked Bill field by two and basically was right at the market. So I think we were pretty spot on with that, with that judgment there. And, you know, the, the pendulum will probably keep swinging if they keep winning games like that. The only, the only, um, hesitation in betting against San Francisco, like you said, when the market gets out of control is, um, you know, I'm not saying Shanahan and Garoppolo. I'm not going to compare them necessarily to Brady and Belichick, but I do like both coach and quarterback quite a bit there. So that could be one of those things where even if you do see some numbers that are a little bit inflated by a point, a point or two here and there, that um, you can still um, kind of buck, buck that and still buck that be profitable. What I said, buck that. Oh yeah, but you can still you can still kind of buck that and be pro- profitable. Um, if you do have a, a coach and quarterback combo, they're, um, you know, a good combo. And so that's something we'll, we'll have to see, obviously, when it comes next year, uh, and kind of evaluate that when it gets to that point. Uh, it's going to be kind of hard for me to fade both of those because I've, I've been a fan of, uh, both of them. You know, when Shanahan was in Atlanta and Jimmy G was back up there in New England, I was pretty high on both of them. So the fact that they came together, I think is a pretty good pairing. It'll be interesting to see how those are evaluated going forward. Uh, as far as this game, I, I, I tend to pretty much agree with you. Um, I think at current price, uh, if you force me to make a bet, I'd probably take San Francisco and just hope to keep it close. But we really haven't seen Jimmy G go up against a, a stellar defense yet. And they are still pretty devoid of playmakers for the most part. Height's pretty good and Goodwin's been pretty good as a receiver. But uh, I don't think any of those, you know, our talents necessarily write home about. So going up against premier defense here, I expect. Expect them to have a little bit of a, a tough day here. So I, I think if it does get down to the three, I would probably go to Jacksonville. And at four and a half, I'd have the slightest of Salines in San Francisco, but it would, it would probably be a stay away here at the current price. Next game, just, just an awful game. We got Giants headed to Arizona. Uh, Arizona laying three and a half at home, a total of 40. Yeah, I don't know what you do with
1: this one, but uh, my power in Arizona, four and a half. Westgate open, Arizona, five. Look headline was Arizona 7. So obviously a little bit of adjustment here came down. Sitting 3.5-4, but I don't, I don't know, yeah. throw. G- give me my dart and get the little bit of a cricket going. I'll throw my dart at the board. I'd, if you have any I got idea... i the blindfold
0: for you, you will to it on.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I do a little bit of... Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. can't belabor this. One. I really don't even know which way to look, to be honest. I, it's way too many variables to me. You have two teams that are out of it that are both had pretty high expectations coming into the year so that's another bad thing when he talks about bad I mean even like someone like a Cleveland team or San Francisco even they really didn't have high hopes going into the season so they they kind of expected where they're at right now but this the Giants I know people picked them to win the division outside chance of you know winning the NFC conference and then obviously Arizona kind of a similar deal as well so
0: uh, yeah they got their oh, their t- season total got bet all the way up like nine and Still, tons of money on the over at nine. Which, yeah, and I thought it was kind of crazy. And looking back on it, it's really crazy. And then you got the Palmer injury that plays into it. But yeah, there's a lot of backing for both these teams come into the air, which is crazy looking at it now.
1: Yeah, so what that means obviously doesn't mean anything now. From you could say, you know, hindsight 2020 type of deal. Well, as I'm saying, is when you have teams like that, they're supposed to be expected to make the playoffs and they don't. Then the motivation is really tough to figure out or tough to gauge because you don't know. Yeah, they might just like kind of like you said with Green Bay, same type of deal. So. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't no opinion on this game. I really don't know how you can bet this game here.
0: Yeah, both of them coming off blown games last week. Yeah, the Giants jumping out early on Philly and look like they might help out the Vikings in terms of the number one seed in the NFC and then of course they have a chance to come back late, can't quite do it, get down to the red zone and don't get in. And uh and then yeah, had the Arizona who was getting in the red zone at will and just couldn't finish. you know, the Paul Casey of uh, NFL teams here you know friend zone and uh and you know, i just uh, don't really want to hear these teams uh normally it's like i don't want to hear this team so if i had to take a point I, if i had to bet i'd take points but i, I don't know I'd, i think the Giants could just really be in for a terrible spot so if you force me to bet it i'd take arizona just thinking they have a pretty decent home field and you know whatever but but i no interest really in, in betting this game so let's just move on uh, we got the return of Ezekiel Elliott here, we got Seattle heading to Dallas, and Dallas uh, put a five-point favorite at home with a total of 47.
1: Yeah, my power rating here, Dallas minus one and a half, Westgate opened Dallas three, and the look line, Dallas minus two and a half, so that goes to show you right there, and this was obviously before I saw that Dallas Sunday night game against Oakland, but my, my judgment of these two teams, or Dallas specifically, didn't change from that game, so. Why it's this high? I I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I, I maybe see three, but anything higher than three is, I think it's not a buy for me. So I'm on Seattle here. I like Seattle. Uh, I'll be betting it more before game time and getting the five points. And I don't I don't think it, I don't think it possibly getting higher than this. I mean six, I think would be a, one of my not the biggest bet, but a, definitely a bigger bet of the year. So I feel like this is a good spot for Seattle to bounce back against a Dallas team that. Yeah, i mean i mean they are getting Elliott back i guess to be the one one counter punch but i mean that's that was known that's been known for ever since he got suspended so that really nothing's changed there other than the fact that they're going to get him back from last week' but um so just to me that tells me that just over over inflation from the one running back coming back or maybe off after, after a primetime win i don't know which one but either one i don't think that obviously that um that car play when he's reaching for the end zone there they had a lot of opportunities to lose that game so that, if anything, I think they got to downgrade them a little bit. I think they should have taken care of business a little bit more easily. Easily, there, uh not even barely even covering the point spread or, or pushing or every put it. So, yeah, I like Seattle here. I, th- I think this is just way overinflated, and I feel like they'll have a pretty good effort after an embarrassing home loss like that against a division rival. I think they're going to be motivated and, and need this game like blood type of deal to have it make the playoffs. So, I, I like Seattle a lot here.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear what what the markets said here. I mean, they probably get a little upgrade for Elliott. But then they basically just exploded on the Rams after that game, and they just tanked on Seattle after that game last week. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I get, obviously, you know, the Rams dominated them, and Seattle looked lifeless at home, which, um, when they're getting teams getting blown out of home like that, um, it's definitely cause for concern. And uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of underlying issues for Seattle going forward. Um, you know, before it seemed like they were. Yeah, you know, they, just, they just still do have a decent amount of injuries, so maybe the guys will come back next year and they'll be fine or closer to fine, but it seemed like before, um, Seattle was just super deep and you know, stacked across the board, and um Wilson was just kind of a caretaker, and now it's almost flip-flop, where it seems like they just don't really have a whole lot of talent and depth, and basically it's all on Wilson's shoulders to carry him. And last week, uh, they just kind of got punched in the mouth real early, and they just didn't respond, so... Um, you know, it's obviously they're capable of doing that again here, but, um, the, we, like we, I think we mentioned this again last week is Seattle, they haven't been that great at home really this year. And they've, they've historically been a really good road team. I mean, a really good home team and then pretty mediocre on the road. Where this year, um, it seems like they've been basically the same no matter where they play home or away. So it doesn't really bother me here the profile of this game, them head on the road. Um, you know, Dallas getting Delia back will be a little bit of a boost, but, uh, the first game back, um, he might not, you know, necessarily fit right back in perfectly with the offense, too. It might take a little bit of, uh, you know, some shaking off the rust here. So, um, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, this seems like a pretty big number and both teams need it, need the game really quite a bit. And I just think it's a pretty big overreaction to uh, Seattle's awful performance last week. But, you know, you're going to get a real good effort from them uh, coming back this week and looking to prove people wrong and, you know, kind of calm it down a little bit. I I do think Wilson's quite a bit better than Dak, so you're giving me a significantly better quarterback and five points and a pretty good spot. Uh, I think I like that quite a bit too myself.
1: I know you've been a big Garrett fan for a coach though, so that's probably one big coaching (laughs) coaching
0: mismatch. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a big fan of the Clapper, so give me a big (laughs) coaching advantage, a big quarterback advantage, five points, and and motivation. Um, Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be like one of those little, uh, you know, little mice or little hamsters where they just keep hitting the button, they keep dispensing the, <laughs> the plus fives till I overdose. So let's do it. Um, Sunday night game, pretty or no? This is this is an afternoon game too, or is this flexed? This I don't even see any, night. I don't see any.
1: Sunday, I don't see any Sunday night game.
0: Huh? Are they, weird. I are wonder. They, are they I done? Cause this Pittsburgh Houston one I thought was on Sunday night, but it says TV is NBC, which would be the Sunday nighter, but. Okay, I'll look into that while you're talking. we got Pittsburgh uh, laying 8.5, 9 on the road, uh, heading to Houston, and uh total 44.
1: Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus 9.5, Westgate open, Pittsburgh minus 10, and look at line, Pittsburgh minus 8. And i have to look to the Houston side, I think. Uh, I'm just not going to get in bed with him again like I did last week. I know that much. With the 8, he just looked pretty awful. I know he might have a little bit of a bounce back, but again, motivation, you, know, you don't know where it's at. And, but no way I'll be laying this many points with Pittsburgh and just for the simple fact that they play out of their competition. We've seen that time and time again over the season, over this season and in past seasons with uh, not only Roethlisberger, um, but I don't know. And also Tomlin needs, you know, just the way he coaches, I don't know why, why it is exactly, but just the way he prepares a team or what, I don't know, but they play down to their competition and that's just the, the facts. That's what happened. So I, Especially after a big game with last week, I feel like this is just a game they're going to get in and get out and try to get a win. So, I, Boy, I don't know. I, I don't want to get in bed with Houston like I already said, but it's just no way I'm going to be laying points to Pittsburgh. So Houston are passing me, but a, a very small lane to Houston.
0: So, yeah, this is a Christmas Day game, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, they have two of them on
1: Christmas Day is what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, so it's a Monday afternoon game. This one starts at two 3.30 Eastern time. Or no, 4.30 uh, Eastern time. So yeah, it's uh Sunday night football on uh, Monday afternoon. <laughs> since they've they've branded it as Sunday night football, so they gotta call it that no matter when it is. But it's actually a Monday afternoon Sunday night football, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um yeah, Pittsburgh plays up and out of their competition, coming off a huge game against the Patriots. Seems like a perfect letdown spot. Uh Houston getting blown out, expecting to bounce back a little bit, a little bit of uh you know, pride coming into a primetime game here on Christmas Day against a premier opponent. So spot wise, just, just not only does it scream Houston is kind of standing on the, on pride rock there, shouting off, <laughs> screaming, uh, Houston as loud as they possibly can. But all that being said, and I, you know, TJ Yates didn't play good last week. I would come into it for all the reasons you bet on Houston last week. And, and I leaned pretty heavily to Houston. Um, I think they still kind of apply for the most part of this week, and then you factor in the spot. Seems like a pretty good opportunity, and I think on a normal year, I would jump on this for sure. But it's just it's hard not to be a little bit gun shy this part of the season where there's been time after time this year where it seems like oh we're you know good spot here, a couple extra points here, and it just hasn't mattered. Favorite's hey, just been steamrolling. So I know at some point you're probably not supposed to let that affect your your psyche and. You know, you're supposed to have a little bit of a short memory and keep coming back. It's gonna be a long term profitable uh you know, E V bet. But it's just it's hard for me not to be a little bit beaten down at Gun Shy by the way the season's turned out here. So um and you're supposed to take Houston here, whether you want to do it or whether you have the uh you know, the lack of a better turn of the balls to do it. Um, you know, it's up to you, And I don't know if I'm gonna get there or not. Uh, another Christmas Day game, uh the night one, they got Oakland heading to Philadelphia. At the the Nick Foles led Eagles land behind at home, a total of forty seven and a half.
1: Yeah, my power rating here: Philadelphia minus seven and a half, Westgate open, Philly minus eight in the look ahead line. Philly seven and a half. So, I yeah, I'd, I feel like you're giving me a little bit of value on Oakland. But what what do you want to do? What do you want to buy into that and see if they're going to try? I know last week I like Oakland too, and they basically had any, every opportunity to cover that spread and they and win the game even. So I. I don't know if they're going to be a little bit of a letdown spot maybe from that primetime game. I, I don't know. But it seems to me like uh, you got to look at Oakland here. And it just seems like too many points. I feel like this game should be a little bit lower than this. So, I'm Oakland or pass for me, but definitely, again, it's tough when they're out of the playoffs and the, the whole locker room shaking up here. A lot of arguing and a lot of stuff that I'd expect to see last year that never really happened. So, it's kind of coming to fruition. So, um, it's just kind of hard to bet on those teams, even if you're getting this many points when you get a locker room and a coach. And... Everything just kind of in shambles. It's just kind of tough to bet on a, a something like that, and when they're kind of on their way down. So uh, small lane to Oakland, but uh, I don't know if I'll get to the window or not.
0: Yeah, if you get the Philly defense from last week, that was struggling mightily against the Giants, nine to way too many that, points. That
1: power Giants offense.
0: Eli. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sterling Shepard looking like he's the next coming to Jerry Rice. Um, but then if you get the Philly defense for most of the year, and Foles plays as uh, you know at as he was last week. Uh, there's, you know, 9s, I think they can cover 9 without a, a whole lot of trouble because I think Oakland's terrible. And I think Oakland's, I think we're pretty, you know, like we're pretty confident in what Oakland is at this point. They haven't really been fluctuating too much. They're just not a good team. And their defense is pretty awful. And Carr can put up points at times, but they've struggled for the most part of this year. And I think it's just kind of a matter, always a little bit more of a question mark right now. And I don't really really feel confident either way. I guess I would lean towards their defense playing a, a little bit better than they did last week, but I also uh, just, I, I don't lay nine too often, and especially if the team has some question marks here, so I guess I would lean slightly to Philly, but I'm um, almost for sure I won't be involved in this one. Alrighty, that'll, that uh, wraps up the card here for week 16. And I'll, uh, this, this week, there's not, not a lot of opinions. Like I said, there's just a lot of games where it's hard to know, you know what what uh, how teams are going to be motivated. Uh, you know exactly a lot a lot of bad matchups here as gets later in the season. So I'm sure next week is going to be even worse than this week, where there'll be a lot of totally irrelevant games. So we will try to make next week's pod a little bit shorter, and and uh, probably get back on our Tuesday schedule. But uh, anyway, let's finish out this pod with our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week I had the, um, Eagles Giants over 40 or 40 and a half, somewhere in there. And at halftime, oh. I think it was like 21 20 or something like As that. I got had, over, but you had the over for the first half, right? For 40 and a half. <laughs> yeah. I think I doubled up for the first half. Uh, so that, yeah, that got there pretty easily. And then you had the, uh, over in the Chiefs Chargers game, which was close, but didn't quite get there. So close, but, but no like cigar. Take... Yeah. Looks like I take the T box back there, Crabber. Yeah, well,
1: that's what, uh, I think this is me personally, I think I'd rather have you go first in this card, because I got a few in my mind, and I think you're probably going to take one of them, and I'll take the one you don't take.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, there's definitely a handful of them that, uh, jump out, and I wouldn't be surprised if any one of them got blown out, Absolutely, actually, actually, but, um, I think what I'm going to do first is, I think we both liked quite a bit, I'm, uh, gonna... Take that uh, Seattle plus five. Hopefully, they'll bounce back from the old Seahawks. USOB. Huh. Well, that's a good pick. Gotta play that first of all.
1: But I, yeah, that's where I was looking. That's where my my main spot was. So I gotta get a little creative. I want to. I got two teams basically. I got to figure out which ones I want to go with, and I think I'm gonna have to take Tennessee. Looks like there's no sevens of. sevens. That's gonna be my
0: second. That gonna be my second option.
1: Yeah, so I, between the the Falcons and Tennessee, I'll probably have a play on all three of those actually before kickoff. But at least money on them. But um, yeah, Tennessee. I don't. I got Like I said, have a few sevens of my shots, but widely available. I think six and a half is a number. So, got to take six and a half. Uh, plus six, six and a half with Tennessee be my pick of the week here.
0: All righty, there we go. Well, uh, yeah, you're heading back to Minnesota. What tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow afternoon, yes, with uh our madre.
0: Alright, well yeah, it's been uh started a little bit of a mini blizzard here today to welcome your comeback. So we will have a little snow on the ground for
1: you. Oh, okay. That's always nothing like a little white there and a little Christmas white time for Minnesota.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I I look forward to that. It'll be nice having you back here for the holidays and uh you'll be back we'll be doing the pod from, from the house here next week, right?
1: yeah I was gonna say mention it next week uh I actually just ordered a new microphone, so I need to get a little set up there, but i might might not get there in time with Christmas, but that'll be the first time in what almost two e- or two years pretty much that uh, we're gonna do it together
0: at the same same place, yeah, so that'll be fun. look forward to that, and maybe we'll have a special guest or two on depending on if anyone's around for uh, the pod next week It' will probably be an abbreviated one for week seventeen. Like I gotta say it earlier, so uh probably probably be a little bit shorter but uh, anyway, yeah, hopefully any I don't get any, any uh, don't get any thoughts. don't get any b s o d's blue screens
1: of deaths, but other than that
0: <laughs> yeah i uh, yeah, absolutely any concluding thoughts here in the pod this week Rob
1: no, yeah, never wish everyone happy holidays uh everything the usual stuff uh, that's Christmas will be before we do the next pods, yeah merry christmas happy holidays and and we'll get the new year in, thing in before that but um uh, yeah i'll be good to get good to come home, good to see everybody and get to watch the games and stuff in the the old basement uh, t v room when I get there, so excited about that
0: yeah absolutely I wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas and hopefully Santa brings everybody what they want and uh, the, the football betting Santa Ferry brings everybody what they want this weekend here too and uh, we'll be back next week post Christmas to uh, break down week 17 thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs including automatic bet tracking mobile notifications, free picks, and more.